Cuisine Bites with Kelly Brett. Everything you'll ever need to know about food. I'm Kelly Brett, editor of Cuisine Magazine. And on this episode of Cuisine Bites, we're looking at the bright young chefs who play such an important role in the future of our food story. Lately in Cuisine Magazine, we've started a regular Ones to Watch column. It's written by Matthew Patrick, a young new food writer on Team Cuisine, with a voracious appetite for finding the as-yet-unknown chefs that should be on our radar. We produce this feature because it is so important that we nurture and recognise these young chefs. It's a glorious but tough gig working your way up the professional culinary ladder. Working long hours in sometimes hot and cramped spaces, giving so much of yourself for what is often very little in return. When you think about the amount of hours worked and the hourly rate at the start of a young chef's career, you can understand why many don't choose a career in hospitality. However, those that do, that stick at it, find a great employer, an inspiring mentor, a platform that allows them to shine, those young chefs have a light in their eyes and a fire inside them that demonstrates just how fantastic a career carved in a professional kitchen can be. So it was with great interest that I accepted an invitation from San Pellegrino last year to travel to Sydney and watch the San Pellegrino Young Chef Pacific Region Finals where 10 outstanding young chefs would put their absolute hearts on a plate in front of some of Australia's culinary heavyweights. Peter Gilmore from Key in Sydney, Jock Sonfrillo from Orana in Adelaide, Danielle Alvarez of Fred's in Sydney, Dan Hunter of Bray in Victoria and Christine Manfield whose professional culinary life has culminated in three award-winning restaurants, Paramount in Sydney, East at West in London, and her last restaurant, Universal, in Sydney from 2007 to 2013. I'm sure you can imagine how thrilling and terrifying in equal measure it might be to plate up under the watchful eyes and skilled palates of that legendary lineup of masterful chefs. This Pacific round was just one part of 12 regional finals around the globe, with 135 chefs competing in a live cook-off in front of 12 different jury panels. The winners of this Pacific round will join other regional winners to cook in front of a grand jury in Milan in May this year. Peter Gilmore told me why the San Pellegrino Young Chef Awards are important. And I think to actually have a competition that's global, that celebrates uh, you for the industry, um, is really important. You know, they're, they're the future. Just to set yourself a little challenge and to put yourself out there, uh, I think it's really important. Now, the most exciting part, and obviously the reason I was invited to attend, was that for the first time in the four-year history of these awards, not one, not two, but three of our young chefs were chosen to represent New Zealand. Giada Grilli, who at the time was chef de party at Lilius Restaurant in Auckland, Andrew Tranter, who at that time was sous chef at Pescator in Christchurch, and Abhijit Day, who is the sous chef at Harbour Society, So Auckland. I could not wait to see how these three incredibly talented chefs would perform. So I'm here at the Sydney Seafood School and I'm so excited to be walking around now in the kitchen, very quietly trying not to distract anybody. I'm not going to talk to our New Zealand contestants because they're right in the thick of it, but I am going to see if I can catch up with some of their mentors and see how they're feeling at this stage. A long way to go yet. Now that was one of the cool things about this competition. Each young chef was allowed to choose and work with a mentor chef to develop their competition dish. And then that mentor was also invited to the finals in Sydney to support them through the cook-off. 
Giada chose much-loved New Zealand chef Michael Meredith. Abhijit chose executive chef Mark De Passorio from Harbour Society. And Andrew chose Ryan Henley, then chef de cuisine at Pescatore. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm not going to interrupt Andy at the moment, he's too busy, we won't distract him. But That's alright. I'm nervous for him, especially having all these judges around, like you know, Peter Gilmore watching him, um, Philip Fish. I'd be scared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, the hands are not shaking too much, I think he's looking alright. How are you coping with being in such a uh, sort of different environment? It must be really, really challenging. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've he's, he's practiced in a couple of different kitchens in Christchurch, so he could feel the difference, you know, in, in um, sort of unfamiliar. But you know, he's come across from New Zealand, so yeah, yeah it's, it's, just, it's completely different. So, and it's just that thing, isn't it? It's one thing when you're in your own zone and you can just cook, but when you've got people taking photos of you, people shoving cameras in front of you, judges asking you questions, it's a different kettle of fish. Yeah. Oh, definitely, and, and especially having the calibre of judges, you know. I know myself, I look up to these guys and, yeah. you know. It's, Legends. Yeah. <laughs> so to have them standing over you watching, yeah. asking questions, even though you know the answer, you still get sort of a bit shaken by it, you know. So, But he, he'll be all right. Well, looking good so far. All right, I'll check back in. Thank you. Inspired so Auckland Hotel Harbour Society executive chef Mark De Passorio pacing back and forth in front of Abhijit Station. Chef, how's it going? Uh, I think it's good. Um, just I want to help, but it's impossible for me. No, but uh, Chef uh, they know what he what he wants, and this is very impeccable, very fantastic for me. It's uh, very calm, but they're all taking it very very seriously. Yes, um, I think now Chef Day is just himself in the world, you know. Uh, he makes a lot of concentration and he's uh, go down, he's go, he's go, he's go, no problem, no problem. Must be very hard for you not to jump in. <laughs> yeah. Control yourself, Chef, yeah? No, no, okay, I promise you. Uh, maybe I go to drink some water or something, some yes. pellegrino water. Yes, yes, stay calm. Yeah. <laughs> and Giada Grilli was up to her neck in pumpkins. While nervous on the inside, but calm on the outside, Michael Meredith looked on. Well, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty excited for Jana, but pretty nervous as well for her. But I think overall, you know, I got some nerves as well for her. So, yeah, but you know, it's pretty exciting to be here and support her. But I think it's quite important for them to, obviously, this time all the practice has gone into, and now this is the, the moment of truth, really. But. No. It doesn't matter how much you practice, so to be in a strange kitchen environment is a big challenge? Absolutely. I mean, there's so many factors or something like this. You know, when you're, you're cooking in your normal kitchen, your normal environment, it's a lot easier because you know where everything is. You come in a situation like this, you know, you're, everything is everywhere. So it's, you know, there's that stress factor that comes into that. But overall, I think if, you, if you're calm enough and you know your, your dish, there's plenty of time there, to, you know. But there's also times to make mistakes. I mean, it's just the nerves, really. In these competitions, a lot of nerves, so just get the nerves calm first. And I feel like, you know, she's got that down and then they'll get through it. At least she's peeled all those bloody pumpkins now. That was a lot of peeling to get through. I know, I mean, uh, this is the thing. I guess we got here yesterday and, you know, what we practice at home, the pumpkins are a lot smaller. We got to the market and there was only, um, I think it was only three stores that sold the pumpkins and they were all quite big sizes. So 
you know, there was that factor of coming here, the ingredients at the market is a little bit different than what they used to, but, you know, so I think she's just trying to trim as much as she can off, but all the trimming has gone into the, to the puree, so, you know, it's just one of those things you don't allow time to change the size of things, but, yeah, it's bloody nerve-wracking, you know, you have people like Dan Hunter, you know, Peter Kiyomo here, Christy Mansfield, you know, they're all legend of the game, and I guess for any young chef, that's nerve-wracking, you know, even, even me being here, you know, it's sort of, I'd rather obviously be watching, but you know you feel for them right now. But yeah, it's exciting, but you know nerve-wracking for them as well. Cuisine bites. The competition room at the Sydney Seafood School was filled with an impressive array of some of the most talented young chefs in the Pacific region. Aram Yun, sous chef at Naun in Melbourne, Camille Saint-Malheur, at that time sous chef at Urbane Restaurant Brisbane, Daniel Kakobson, a private chef from Sydney. James Bond Kennedy, sous chef at Igni, South Geelong, Victoria. Jose Lorenzo Morales, commie at Loom in Melbourne. Kezia Crystal, chef de party at Iceberg's Restaurant and Bar, Sydney. And Joshua Gregory, chef at Exp Restaurant in Wallsend, New South Wales. Tony Muratore, San Pellegrino's on-premise channel manager, Asia Pacific, told me this competition reflects the company's belief in and support of the transformative power of gastronomy. I think it's amazing, so much uh, talent all in one room, um, and then to see the, the masters, I call them, the, the mentors, um, which is amazing. So, But everyone seems relaxed. I think they're focused on what they're doing. Um, obviously, they've worked on their dish uh, for the last probably 10 months, uh, and today's the day. Mm. Yeah. Indeed it is. And so how important do you think this competition is for these young chefs? I think it's uh, very important. I think it's uh, one thing for San Pellegrino is that we're giving back um, and we need to, to have our future secured. And I think this is the, the next generation that's up and coming. So um, I think it's exciting times. What is the thought behind it? You're a major player with World's 50 Best. How does this play into that? Yeah, the, the World's 50 Best is, is another level, but I think this is probably more important because this is our future um, and we need these young chefs to, to be around for a long time. Um, we have the masters in there, as I said earlier on, um, but I think this is the new, the new batch that's coming through and there's a lot of talent in there, a lot of talent. So we're, we're over the moon. You've got to love that San Pellegrino think this competition is even more important than World's 50 Best. Indeed, these young chefs will drive the future of our food culture and our food story. So I grabbed Peter Gilmore at the coffee station to find out how he felt about the state of play. Peter is the executive chef of Key in Sydney, which has been included in the World's 50 Best restaurants since 2009, and the newly opened Benelong at the Sydney Opera House. His food is inspired by nature and, as a passionate gardener himself, he was one of the first chefs in Australia to embrace heirloom varieties of vegetables and continues to work in partnership with small and artisan producers who cultivate bespoke produce exclusively for both Key and Benelong. <laughs> Interestingly, he was fascinated by the size of my microphone. It's a pretty serious microphone you've got there. It's my baby. <laughs> you have your toys, I have mine. Absolutely. <laughs> Peter, how are you feeling about it all today? Yeah, it's looking good. Um, I think some of the young chefs... Um, a little nervous but uh and, and you know and that's natural but i think uh a couple of the things i've seen are, uh, are particularly interesting you know there's um i think it's early days yet in the competition but you know and the proof proof's always in the eating but uh yeah i think i think it's exciting uh, they seem like a really good bunch of guys and girls 
I've seen you um, taking particular interest in some of the products that are on the table. Have you discovered anything interesting? Oh, well, look, I think the, um, the young guy with the, um, the duck, the aged duck, um, he's particularly, um, it looks like a particularly good duck and he's aged it for, um, I think he said 12 days. Uh, that looks really interesting. Um, there's um, another young guy that had some um, New Zealand, um, he, he said it was like black uh, flaxseed, but it's indigenous um, grain to New Zealand. I haven't seen that before. Uh, that looked really interesting. So it'll be interesting to see what all these dishes, how they all come together. Oh, it certainly will. It certainly will. What, what is interesting is a couple of people doing vegetarian dishes today as well, which I think is a good sign of the times. Yeah. Um, you know, to, or, and you know, or if not pure vegetarian, at least um, vegetables being the main focus of the dish. So that's another really interesting thing to me. Uh, as you might know, I'm very passionate about vegetables and heirloom vegetables. So I think um, I think that'll be interesting. Um, and, you know, and seeing some chefs, you know, really sort of delving uh, deep into their sort of cultural backgrounds mm. as well. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's a guy doing some really interesting stuff with coconut. And um, I believe he's Filipino. Um, and uh, that, that, that dish looks particularly interesting as well. So San Pellegrino Young Chef, how important do you think these types of competitions are? Oh, look, I think, um, I think this sort of thing, especially because uh, it's a global competition, and, you know, the world's become a much smaller place these days, so, you know, with social media, we're all connected. Um, and I think to actually have a competition that's global, that celebrates uh, you through the industry, um, is really important. You know, they're, they're the future. And um, I, I think all these sort of young chef competitions are, are particularly um, good because, you know, it's not about winning them necessarily, it's just about participating and, and meeting people and meeting peers and, um, and, you know, I think for a young chef, yeah, yeah, it's an ideal sort of thing, you know, just to set yourself a little challenge and to put yourself out there, uh, I think it's really important. Cuisine Bites. Florida-born chef Danielle Alvarez said she was feeling a little out of her depth on the judging panel. She reckoned it was the company of such Aussie culinary legends as Gilmore, Zonfrillo, Hunter and Manfield. Although I don't know why, Danielle trained at Thomas Keller's renowned restaurant The French Laundry before moving on to Chez Panisse in Berkeley. She's currently based in Sydney as head chef of Fred's, where she's created a menu around ethically sourced produce. The restaurant, since opening in 2017, has garnered critical acclaim, including being named Australia's Gourmet Traveller's Restaurant of the Year in 2018. Oh, I'm, I'm feeling very honoured to be judging a competition like this with Dan Hunter and um, Peter Gilmore. Um, so I feel like I'm a little bit out of my depth, but <laughs> looking around the room, I think all these young chefs really have it together. Um, they're organized, they're enthusiastic, they're very polite, and I'm seeing some really good looking food. And so if a chef like you is feeling out of your depth, imagine how they're <laughs> feeling with all of you lot looking over oh, their shoulder. I know. They're handling it really well, though, I think. They all stop and chat and explain what they're doing. There's clearly a lot of passion uh, behind what they're doing, and yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. Terrific. Well, I'll catch up with you a little bit later on tonight once we, we find out who, who our winner is. Yeah, big moment. Cuisine Bites with Kelly Brett. I nervously approached chef, author and gastronomic traveller Christine Manfield. I've had a bit of a girl crush on Christine for many years. She's written the most beautiful books on global cuisine and run restaurants that are now the stuff of legend in London and Sydney. 
Christine continues to work alongside chefs from around the world and hosts gastronomic tours to exotic destinations. I grabbed her as she rounded the corner of a cooking station. Um, some really good uh, aromas coming through. Some of the produce is, is really exceptional, so it's great to see them working, working with that. And it's also great to see some New Zealanders in the mix, I've got to say. Yeah. Well, I was just saying to Danielle, I feel a bit like a fragmented, frantic mother trying not to, to get in the middle of everything. Yeah, um, yeah no, and it's sort of, you know, the uh, concentration starting to in- intensify as the, uh, as the clock's ticking away. Yeah. Have you seen any products or ingredients that have uh, particularly caught your eye yet? Um, well, I think the, um, the duck that James is using from Great Oceans Road is... Um, is that's just ne- next level, um, and it's good to see, you know, uh, the horopito pep, yeah, yeah, and um, those sorts of ingredients, which I, which I've become more familiar with uh, recently. Yes. Um, sort of doing a bit of work in New Zealand, so it's great to see to see that. Um, yeah, no. Um, and I've, I've been watching you walking around and, and talking to the contestants and asking them questions and um, the look on their face when you come towards them is like, oh my God, here she comes. <laughs> the evil witch of the West. <laughs> I know, like, you, and you want to just, you know, you don't want to freak anyone out and I'm not, you know, confronting her or anything like that. It's just, no. you know, it's just, it's, it's just being curious and, um, you know. No, you're quite nice actually. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yep, I was gushing. Couldn't help myself, so insert rolling eyes emoji. But things were heating up. As can happen at a time when tension is high, things don't always go according to plan, and competition organisers were having to stagger times to account for a few little hold-ups along the way. 1235, does that suit you still? I'm going to say that I might be ahead of time. All right, right. I'll keep you posted. Keep you posted. Yeah. We can switch you out with someone else. Thanks, James. Twelve twenty. How are we tracking? Good. Yes, no problem. Thank you, because we're staggering. Yep. You'll only need five minutes. Okay. For the judges. Okay. So uh, if you're still at twelve twenty, perfect. Thank you. Giada Grilli's mentor, Michael Meredith, remained optimistic about the time changes. I think it's on our favour, really. Yeah, we're quite excited when you hear that, so it's good. It's giving us a little bit of a breathing uh, space, so yeah, I think everything's ready to go. She feels good, she's happy, and so it's up to the judges now. So Now, for some contestants, it was no worries, but with a delicate dish built around line court groper, mentor Ryan Henley was more than a little concerned for Christchurch chef Andrew Tranter. Yeah, it's put us in the shit. <gasps> no. Well, we've got fish cooking, because we're going up in 10 minutes, and now we're... We're just, there's not much we can do. We just, we just rest it for longer and warm it up a bit, at, you know, but there's not much we can do. I think what's happened is everyone's got their set times and someone's played it early and thrown the whole thing out of whack, so. All right, I'm oh, that's right. Andy, just stay focused. <laughs> I'm focused, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to, ready to play. So. Steve Rainey, Marketing, Communications and Sponsorships Asia-Pacific for San Pellegrino was the man in charge of the stopwatch and the pressure was on. We are almost at the home stretch. Um, the, the cooking time will finish at one o'clock. Um, a lot of the chefs um, who are in the kitchen at the moment um, will be presenting prior to one o'clock. 
but it's all tracking extremely well. Uh, there's a lot of pressure because it, the last hour and a half um, is when it all sort of comes together. But from our perspective, everything's going well. I'm actually very impressed because logistically this is quite a lot to organise. It is. Um, we're the first cab off the rank, um, being the Pacific Zone, so we've got very high expectations, obviously, to deliver uh, the competition on a very high level. So um, there's been a lot of planning, there's been a lot of um, insight um, and research to make sure that we get the best equipment, the best school, um, to give the young chefs the best opportunity to produce the best dish. And uh, talking to many of the chefs this morning, they are so blown away by the calibre of the judges this year. Yeah, we're very fortunate to have such strong and uh, influential judges, um, industry lead leaders. Um, we try and make sure that uh, we spread the judges for, from each state as well. Um, so this year, obviously having Peter Gilmore and Christine and Danielle, Jock and Dan um, have been you know, fantastic supporters and uh, we really appreciate that. Why does St. Pell um, do this competition? What, what's brought it all on? Uh, very good question. Um, as an international brand, we feel um, and we, we strongly have a very uh, close alignment within gastronomy. Um, for us, um, we really want to support the industry as well as young chefs. Uh, we feel that the investment overall on a global level is very large, but we also feel that this is our, we're obligated as a brand to give these chefs an opportunity, not only to compete locally in these regional finals, but if they get through on an international level. We also need to have some fun because, you know, it's um, important that they um, enjoy themselves and, um, as I said, you know, we um, are on the home stretch in the next hour or so. We'll um, know who's going to represent us um, as the Pacific finalist um, next year, 2020 in Milan. Our people, our stories, our food. I didn't dare approach the contestants all day, but once her dish was judged, I finally got to catch up with Giada Grilli to ask her about her dish. I wanted to create a sustainable vegan dish that could stand up as much as a protein-based dish could be. So I used two different types of pumpkin. I used the crown and the butternut. The crown pumpkin, it's been uh, cured, steamed, dry, and then pan fry, and then slightly charcoal on a coffee tree. Um, and then the butternut, it's been pickled and then seasoned with some celery leaves. And then from all the offcuts, I did um, from all the offcuts of both of the pumpkin, I did the puree which is seasoned it with a touch of rhubarb. And then there is a side broth, which uh, it's made from a lot of vegetable and the pumpkin skin, which they've been toasted and then, uh, and then put it in the broth. And then, sorry, in the middle there is a <laughs> pumpkin seed uh, dashi, which has been seasoned with some rice koji, so shio koji. And uh, yeah, and that's it. I'm exhausted just listening to you. So the name is Last Night a Pumpkin Saved My Life because when I was creating the dish, I was listening to music, that song came up and with the message that I wanted to, to, to say with the dish, I thought that that title could be a good match because I think that we should be eating more, more, we should be more careful about what we eat and especially we should cook and eat more vegetable for a more sustainable future, I think. I managed to grab Abhijit Day as he came out of the judging room. Uh, I'm feeling good. I just 
just over, but um, you know the the prep part was really huge for the last few months, and um, now I get to see the judges and their reaction like when I present the dishes and everything. Obviously, I was representing a small community based on India, but um, looking all over, overall, it's pretty good for me. Um, could be a little bit more better, but it's, it's okay for me at this point. How did you feel when you were in the room and you were putting that plate down in front of them? I feel really proud, to be honest with you. Um, I haven't gotten much this kind of moment, obviously, in my life, but um, stepping up to those big chefs, obviously, they're really huge chefs. A few of them are top 50, top 100 best. Um, looking up to, up to their face and their reactions, I would say, like, I'm much more prouder now, obviously, what I have achieved through the whole dish. And um, as I said, like, I'm representing something. Obviously, it's New Zealand also as well and India. Um, looking into that, I'm really happy and proud. New Zealand flavour. And so, the judging is over. The finalists are chosen and we're on to the awards evening. A testament again to San Pellegrino that they could run such a massive exercise and then round up the judges' decisions to present the winners' awards that very evening at a glittering event held at iconic Sydney venue establishment. The awards were presented by the national editor for the Australian Good Food Guide, the terrific Miffy Rigby. The 10 finalists are Jose Lorenzo Morales, uh, commie chef at Lume in Melbourne. I reckon we can give these guys a hand. myself with excitement at this point. Abhijit Day took out the Fine Dining Lovers Food for Thought Award. The Aquapana Award for Connection in Gastronomy went to James Bond Kennedy from Victoria. And the San Pellegrino Award for Social Responsibility went to Sydney's Kezia Cristo. And then came the all-important Young Chef Award. Okay, now, S. Pellegrino Young Chef Award. 
renowned chef award. This winning chef must demonstrate unrivaled technical skills as well as genuine creativity. He, she will have also displayed a strong personal belief about astronomy that will convince the jury about his her ability to become a catalyst for positive change. The winner is Jose Lorenzo Morales with his can't finish up here without letting you hear thoughts from Jock Zonfrillo on Jose Lorenzo Morales, San Pellegrino Young Chef, Pacific Region, a winner with a social conscience. Uh, I thought it was incredible I, I, and I think there's, uh, it displays um, talent in all fields of our industry which is important, you know, like we're, we're not, if we were all toy boilers it would be really shit. Right? Like, it'd be really boring. And the sooner you can find your own voice, find your own food, the quicker. And I think that's the thing with these young kids. Like, you know, you can see, you can see the beginning of that. You know, we can see a little inkling in some of these kids of what might be the next, the next thing, the next generation and what they are talking about. And Jose's a classic example of that. That's the winner. You know, he has a social conscience as a young man and he's portraying that through food. And you know, through that vision, and it might not be completely polished today, but that that is gonna actually end up being his thing, right? And when we go to his restaurant in five years or ten years time, you'll you'll feel that when you walk in the room. You'll feel it in the service, you'll feel it in in the food. And it'll be a pleasure to sit there and look back and go, Wow, you know, that you know, he was one of ten finalists and he went to Milan, he represented us, and we were a part of that journey. And, and that's, you know, I love, I love that we get to do that as, as chefs. I think it's fantastic. Cuisine Bites. 
All four of the Pacific Regional Finals winners will travel to Milan in May this year to cook in front of seven giants of global gastronomy. You know, there are many, many restaurant and chef awards along the way, but a competition such as this that recognises the hard work and talent of our young chefs on a global level in such a slick and intelligent way deserves our applause. Kudos to you, San Pellegrino, for truly feeding the future and giving us a magnificent indication of the future of food to come. Thank you to the cast of many that have made this podcast possible. For more info and an update on the latest news and announcements heading into the final Young Chef Awards in Milan in May, you can go to sanpellegrinoyoungchef.com. Our glorious late summer issue of Cuisine is on shelves now, so keep an eye out for the bright yellow cover and you can follow us on social at Cuisine Magazine and I'll catch you back here for another episode of Cuisine Bites very soon. Oh, and I had to put the pressure on Peter Gilmore just because I could. Last question, I promise. Sure. What's your perception of New Zealand food or the, the New Zealand restaurant scene? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think that, that, you know, there's obviously, um, you know, a couple of places that I know of, but, you know, I haven't been back to New Zealand for about eight years, um, so it, it's hard for me to comment on, on where it's at right now, but I'm, I'm sure there's some really interesting stuff happening there. So it's time that we get you over for a visit. I think it might be, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We're going to work on that. Okay, sounds good.